Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Woohoo! Let's go! Oh, listen to the story now. Jeez Louise. Well, we did have a week off, and <clears throat> not even sure. I, I guess what? California? New York? New York. New York. Yeah, New, it York. Is New York. New York. They filmed it. You gotta get to Washington Square Park. Oh, and it's yeah, the yeah, New yeah, York yeah. Columbus Circle. Something. Yeah. It's a newspaper. Yeah. It's in New York City because they have to go. They gotta stop the presses. Silly me. 1936, the libeled lady. <clears throat> when an unscrupulous newspaper editor plots a tawdry picadello mm. to ensnare an heiress he has libeled, he never counts on true love snarling his scheme to thwart the libeled lady. Mm. Now, I did look up a few words. People Good. back in the day used to use much more interesting words. Okay, libeled is a statement or representation published without cause and tending to expose another to public contempt. Picadello, <laughs> we'll tell you what I thought that was, is a slight offense. So a tawdry picadello, a tawdry slight offense. <clears throat> Particulars. Ah, the particulars. It so the libeled lady. It came out October 9th, nineteen thirty-six. It was directed by Jack Conway, who also did *Viva Villa* and *A Tale of Two Cities* and *Boomtown*. The screenplay is by Marine Dallas Watkins. She used to cover the courthouse beat for the Chicago Tribune and turned that into writing the stage play for a little thing called Chicago in 1926, which oh. was later turned into a musical in 1975 and later turned into an Oscar movie in 2002. Goosebumps. Mm. <clears throat> I know. I have goosebumps. And, excuse me, a female, a female scriptwriter? Yes, but she was not solo on it. There are also two other men who worked on it. But yeah, this was she also did a, um, other screenplays and stuff, but Chicago this in Chicago were her big time things. And I, I mean yes. like Well done. Yeah. Um Howard Emmett Rogers also did Tin Gods, Feel My Pulse, and The Bad One. <gasps> and George Oppenheimer also did A Day at the Races, which was a Marx Brothers film uh -huh. we did. And the war against Mrs. Hadley and Roman scandals. Those mm. all sound good. <laughs> I don't, if I don't recognize a movie, I just go with the titles that make me laugh. Mm -hmm. Edited by Frederick Y. Smith, who also edited I Was a Spy, The Camels Are Coming, and White Cargo. White Cargo. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> White Cargo. The music is by William Axt who also did Grand Hotel, Dinner at Eight, and Greed. Ah. The director of photography is Norbert Brodine, who also did Let Us Be Gay, Bachelor's Affairs, and I Was a Male War Bride. Oh, wow. Oh. There's a thing. Pride there. Month, here we come. <laughs> here we go. Starring 
She got top billing in this film. And we'll go into why in Tasty Titties. Jean Harlow as Gladys Benton. We saw Jean Harlow when we did Dinner at 8. She was also in Red-Headed Woman. And she got her start in Hell's Angels in 1930. She died of kidney failure while filming Saratoga in 1937. And she was only 26 years old. So her, oh my God, she had a yeah. very short, like, talk about playing, like, what is that? Like, like, burn bright, but short, there, there's something like that. Yeah, I mean, I know there's is. the James Dean, like, live fast and leave a die young, good, yeah, die young and leave a good looking corpse or something. Oh, wow. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that's wild. She was known as pretty much kind of like the first blonde bombshell bombshell she was a big time star she just kind of was one of these hollywood stars that came onto the screen and was just boom boom everybody was super into gene harlow um marilyn monroe's mother was obsessed with gene harlow and so marilyn monroe i think patterned a lot of herself and her look based on the gene harlow you know platinum blonde kind of thing is that oh. where the gene in, no- in Norma Jean came from? Maybe that's where her because where her mother got it from. Probably. I mean, they said that her mother was like obsessed with Jean Harlow, so I could see that. Um, Teeny, according to Wikipedia, so who knows? But it said on her page when Bugsy Siegel came to Hollywood to expand the casino operations. Jean Harlow was the informal godmother to his eldest daughter. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's your mafia mob, tie She could have been a wild mob wife. She, she, she could have. Um, William Powell as Bill Chandler. He, we know him from the Thin Man films. He was also in My Man Godfrey. Uh-huh. He was also in The Last Zigfield. Zigfeld. Myrna Lloyd as Connie Allenberry. She was also in the Thin Man films. She was also in The Best Years of Our Lives and The Great Ziegfeld. Spencer Tracy shows I up. I know. I didn't expect. As William Haggerty. He was in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Father of the Bride. Boys Town. We many. have many other films. We have Cincinnati's own Walter Conley. As James B. Allenberry. I oh. didn't know he was from Cincy. Mm-hmm. The Queen City. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Wow. Doing fighting words already this early, huh? Ooh, happy Easter. <laughs> it was, it, he was also, in, it happened one night, Broadway Bill and the bitter tea of General Yen. I'm sure that's not problematic at all. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, we have Charlie Grapewin as Hollis Bain. He was Haggerty's boss. I mentioned him because he was Uncle Henry in The Wizard of Oz, and he was also in The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And we have Otto Yamaoka as Ching. Ching. Oh, yeah. Otto is an American actor of Japanese descent. Most of his roles went uncredited, but he was mm-hmm. in a lot of roles, such as War Correspondent, The Black Camel. He was born in Seattle, born oh. in Seattle, Washington, oh. United States citizen. 
and his career was ended when his family was sent to the Heart Mountain internment camp in Wyoming during World War II. Oh, my God. So what we're watching him in this, just think in a couple more years, he and his family will be sent to an internment camp. Oh. In 1988, President Reagan signed into law Civil Liberties Act of 1988, which officially apologized for the incarnation on behalf for the incarceration on behalf of the United States government and authorized a payment of $20,000 to each former detainee who was still alive when the act was passed. And that $20,000 is the equivalent of $50,000 today. Another word yeah. you may say for that payment would be reparations. Mm-hmm. Speaking of <laughs> reparations, oh man, <laughs> I, I, even apolo- I apologize to this woman. Hattie McDaniel showed up. Yeah, I thought that was her. That was Hattie McDaniel. Oh, it was. Okay, I thought Mm -hmm. I recognized her. That's Hattie McDaniel. Um, She frequently played maids, and she makes a brief appearance as a hotel cleaner. She won Best Supporting Actress Oscar for Mm -hmm. Gone with the Wind. She was also in Saratoga, Alice Adams, and many, many other films. And she could she couldn't sit with the cast at the Academy Awards. Oh no, she couldn't be in the um, building. She had to. I mean, she couldn't be in the auditorium. She had to be in the back. They call her name. They had to wait for her to come to the front. She gets her award, and they're like, "Congratulations!" The All right, there you there you go. So next, uh, <clears throat> well, I'm going to set the table. Now, it's, it, it was a lot in the very beginning, so it's hard to set the table, but I'm going to try. Okay? But it started off with a bang, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. And it started with a... We just got right to it. Yes. And with a title card that said, events and characters depicted in this photo play are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons alive or dead is purely coincidental, which has me right there i'm like okay we got some shit going on we start at a newspaper plant warren aforesaid spencer tracy who works for the head of the newspaper is getting dressed to get married today back at the plant we see the newspaper headline peer's wife routes rich playgirl calls connie allenberry husband stealer Mm. By the way, Connie is one of the richest girls in America. The headline is false, and they have to get the one truck of papers already out for delivery back. They have to kill the story. The bride-to-be comes to the newspaper office in her wedding gown with a huge bouquet to take Warren to the church. Evidently not the first time he skipped out on his wedding. (laughs) They find out Connie will be suing the paper for $5 million. Did anybody look up what that is today? I forgot. I did. I did. A hundred million. Wait, let me turn the page. $107,537,144.93. Damn. Like five million dollars in 1936. Who had that kind of money? Nobody. That's why he. That's why he was so freaked out. He, I thought it was a quotable somewhere. 
Warren has to get Bill Chandler, the only man who can fix this. Bill and Warren, I even had to go onto another page, um, come up with a complicated plan to stop the lawsuit. What could go wrong? So we are to POC, and there were, I I had four. Oh, okay. Who were the four? I had three. I had Ching. Uh-huh. Ching is the man. They're all in servitude. The right. man's servant. The mm-hmm. um the dude on the Singapore news. Radio op. Radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiny, the maid, was that, Tiny, the maid, was different from the cleaning lady. Was Tiny Hattie McDaniel? The cleaning lady was Hattie McDaniel. Oh, I miss Tiny then. Yeah, Tiny was just had a tiny part, but she did have a word or two. It was Myrna Loy's um, maid. Okay. So now we are to cast. Do you guys have cast? Because I want to do my cast after I do my the nerd alerts. Oh, you can go Uh, to nerd alerts. Yeah. So I'm going to do this a little bit different and go backwards, but follow me. I hope it works. So the top five films in 1936 were number five was Modern Times, which I believe it's Charlie Chaplin film. Then we have After the Thin Man, which is a Myrna Loy, William Powell joint. We have The Plainsman. We have San Francisco, which apparently is a musical about the great San Francisco earthquake. <laughs> Oh, interesting. fun. Uh, and then we have The Great Ziegfeld, which was also uh, Myrna Loy and William Powell. Wow, and then busy. Yeah, and then they had Libel Lady. This film, this was number 10. So this was a huge hit. Wow. So, like, think of how big Myrna Loy and William Powell were in 1936. Huge stars. We have the Oscars. This is the ninth Oscars, the ninth Academy Awards. It was... Outstanding production. Here are the nominees. Three Smart Girls. Oh, right here. A Tale of <laughs> Two Cities. The Story of Louis Pasteur. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Always doing biopics. <laughs> San Francisco. Romeo and Juliet. Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Dodsworth. Anthony Adverse. Libeled Lady. Mm. So this was nominated for Outstanding Production. And the winner, The Great Ziegfeld. I'm just surprised there were that many movies in one year back then. Oh, no, Ma. Like, you go looking at these people's Wikipedia, Wikipedia things, like, they cranked movies out. It was boom, 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 well, boom, boom. There was no special effects or anything, so. Well, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. And this is the studio system. So it was like a factory, basically. Yeah. They're just cranking them out, cranking them out. Every, everybody's go. You would look at the director of photographies and the editors of these films, and they just have credits upon credits upon credits. So I think they were probably maybe churning out more things than they are now. It was just incredible. We have the year. So this movie comes out in October 1936. Math, 1936. So if you're watching this movie in 1936, let me paint a picture of the world that you're living in. It's not going to be fun. Ooh, boom. Right off the bat in January, 
king colonizer George V of the United Kingdom and the British Dominions and Emperor of India dies. Uh-huh. And Edward VIII takes over. Oh, this is that whole royal scandalness. Yeah, so this is just mm. how the year starts off. King, king, the king is dead. We got a new one. We have the Battle of Amba Artem in the second Italo-Ethiopian War. I, I was like, wait, Italy? <laughs> Ethiopia. What hmm. the fuck? Yeah. yeah, I never heard. Yeah, because of our American And it's the second one? And this is exactly, this is the second one. So the belligerents in this are Italian Eritrea, Italian Somalia, and Italian Libya versus Ethiopia. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't just, I'm, I, I really pile on the English about their colonizing, but uh-huh. it's really like when we say like white supremacy and all of that, there's a reason behind it because all those countries were going everywhere, putting their print, handprints on it. Look at, the, look at North America and South America. What language you got? French in Canada, English, uh-huh. America's English and Spanish. And then it's pretty much all Spanish. And then you got Portuguese. None of those languages originate from this whole right, swath right. of land. It's wild. Go into Africa and, I mean, you got the Belgians over there doing <laughs> stuff. You got the Italians doing stuff. Like, pretty much Europe is just going around. And it's wild to look at Google countries that were never colonized and... There aren't too many of them, and it's very loose in what is considered colonization because oh. they'll they'll put in things like um, uh, who, like what did they put like like they put in like Afghanistan, and it's like all right, but it's not like people didn't try, you know. It was just a very yeah. interesting loose definition of it, and it's just like oh Japan, it's like well, but Japan kind of enslaved Korea and stuff, so it. it it's just what like I think I kind of think China might be the biggest country that that wasn't because of just its unique history and it was just so big, but that doesn't mean that people didn't try. So right. anyway, it, it's wild. So in Italy, it's known as the Ethiopian War, but in Ethiopia, it's the second Italian invasion. Yeah. And Italy has what's known as Italian East Africa, which is just never even heard about. But it's also interesting to consider what's going on in Italy at the time. So Italy is one of the Axis, will eventually become what is known as the Axis powers. It's going to be in cahoots with Nazi Germany and with Japan. So Nazi, listen to what Nazi Germany does. Hitler just be a wild in 1936. He's they're trying to like be together and run this whole Europe thing, but the Nazis sent arms and music munitions to Ethiopia because the Nazis were frustrated over the Italian objections over the Nazis' attempt to integrate Austria, which I will point out again, that's where Hitler was born, in Austria. And so Nazi Germany is trying to be like, no, our, Austria is ours, sound of music, that's all going on <laughs> around this time. 
And they figured that if they prolonged this war, it would zap Italy's resources and would lead to a greater dependency on Germany, which then they could just like roll over and pretty much take over Italy. Yeah. So like just 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 wild. In the United States, we have the Hoover Dam is completed. Oh. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that in when we were talking about casino mm-hmm. and Vegas and stuff. In Speaking of also in Africa, but they will bring this back to Spain. So the Spanish army of Africa, which is in Morocco, they launch a coup back in Spain and thus starts the Spanish Civil War. Because, you know, like you don't really hear too much about Spain in World War II. That's because they had been fighting a hugely bloody and savage civil war amongst themselves. Oh, Mm -hmm. So now in the summer of 1936, we have the Summer Olympics, and they're in Berlin. Yeah. And so there were a lot of Americans who were like, wait, no, we are not going over there. We must boycott. We cannot pretend that we are giving Hitler and the Nazis this legitimacy. We must boycott this. No, we can't. And then the black athletes were like, okay, but why exactly should we boycott? And they're like, I get it. Okay, yeah, Hitler is a bad, bad man. But this is, like, we've been training our whole lives. This is, the Olympics comes around only so often. Like, and we're black in America. This is pretty much all we got. So exactly, like, spell it out for us. Why shouldn't we? And And they were like, well, we're concerned about your safety over there. And they're like, <laughs> wait, so y'all are worried about our treatment over there. Um, meanwhile, y'all do know how we are not treated as citizens in this country, even though we are. And so they were like, nah, nah, we're going to go. So they went and Jesse Owens goes over there and just is like, bam, bam, take that. Your Hitler, white supremacy, Aryan nation, super race bullshit. He wins four gold track and field medals in the uh-huh. 100, 200, the 4 by 100 relay, and the long jump. And he comes back to America, a national hero, who is <laughs> not invited to the White House. Oh, Jill wasn't there to invite him and, the, and whoever came in second. Yeah. So, you're like, why? I mean, because of, aside from the obvious, but I think we'll get into kind of the reason why later. Also, like, he comes back and everybody's like, oh, look at this great American, but then he still has to still, you know, do the Hattie McDaniel, back of the bus, mm-hmm. can't, can't go in restaurants, can't mm-hmm. eat. But yeah, you wanted him to not go to the Olympics to boycott Hitler. Like, okay. But from his point of view, like, honestly, what's the difference? In Greece, there's a coup going on. We got the Gone with the Wind. Speaking of Hattie McDaniel, that novel was published mm. in 1936. So people are in the de- Great Depression is going on. There's a severe heat wave that's setting records. Thousands die. You got the Dust Bowl going on in the middle mm-hmm. of the country. Things are ravished. And then you got Gone with the Wind published when everybody gets to sit back and read about the good old days. Mm. 
Then you have over in uh, USSR, the Soviet Union, Stalin's. What's called Stalin's Great Purge begins in the Soviet Union. So I'm sure that's good. He's not purging his undies, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and then in December, uh, Edward is like, no, but I really like this American divorcee. And mm -hmm. then because of that, we get the King's Speech, King George, who mm -hmm. is the father of Queen Elizabeth. And then a little bit later to tie in, well, why wasn't Jesse Owens invited to the White House, though? Well, 1936 was an election year in the United States. Oh. So Franklin Delano Roosevelt was running for re-election for his second term. But still, it's kind of, I mean, I guess you could be like, oh, but he needed the South to win. But he's reelected to his second term over Alf Landon, who is the governor of Kansas, by a popular vote of 61% versus 37%. So they mm -hmm. say that this was like one of the most huge just landslide victories ever for a president. I'm surprised Eleanor didn't. But, uh, I mean, but she's still, it's 1936, and she's still a woman. Yeah. She's still a woman, and it's still 1936. Okay. So. Do, so. Does anybody else have any cast? Because I mean, any nerd alerts? I don't. No, we did go through a boycotting of the Olympics again in 1980. Ooh. Yes, and they actually did boycott in mm -hmm. 1980 because it was being held in the Soviet Moscow. Union. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter was the president. Yeah. It's just, and he is still with us, still building houses for the homeless. I know, but they're like, they were on the, the watch because he, he's in the hospice care, but he's just, he, he will just, we will not be stopped. And that's all I have to say about that. Me too. Um, so, so, uh, the cast, you are going to enlighten us. Okay. So, my cast, I'm taking a bit of a <clears throat> modern zag, but I wanted to kind of paint the picture of the history of what's mm -hmm. going on in the world, how tumultuous it is and all that stuff. Oh, man. So, going back to our president, Abraham Lincoln, in 1863, he's given the Gettysburg Address. He makes that famous quote, the government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. And when he said that, women couldn't vote. And a black person was still considered three-fifths of a person. That's why they were fighting that super awful bloody war in the first mm. place. Not to mention, what say did the original inhabitants of this land have in this government? <clears throat> So, no votes. Yeah. They aren't voting. I would be, given the events of this week, I wanted to say, I think I even sent a text to Teeny, like the experiment's over, but I mean, did we ever really have a democracy? You know? In Tennessee, the state government expelled Justin Jones and Justin Pearson because they exercised their First Amendment rights. But with a where, white woman. 
yeah, but she didn't get expelled. And right. she, she called out why. I mean, like, we all know why. If I have to point out the reason why, because you don't hear anybody talking about where the, the oh, the anti-cancel culture, free speech advocates. They're silent. Yeah. Not, not saying a goddamn word. And so that I feel like the Tennessee, that's just, that's, if you don't understand how that's just cast, 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 some rules apply to some people, other people don't have those rights. The reason why is cast, it's the color of the skin. I don't feel like I need to go into that or prove that. If you don't see that and you still don't understand what's really going on, fine. My big issue this week is something that I don't think is getting enough coverage and what I see as proof that this country is not a democracy. In North Carolina, a woman was elected last year in 2022 to the state Senate to represent a newly drawn, heavily democratic district. And this week she switched her party and in doing so, gave the Republican Party a veto-proof super majority. Hmm. And when I mentioned this, and I was just outraged by it. I, oh my God. It was like, oh, well, Kristen Cinema, that woman, she switched parties in the U.S. Senate. Cinema's seat was long held by Republicans. And she came, she ran as a Democrat and she won. She won her race by two points and she switched to be an independent. She didn't switch to be a Republican. Very close. Like it's still bad. But she also didn't create a veto proof super majority in the United States Senate. Trisha Cottom defeated the Republican candidate that she ran against by 19 points. It was not a close race. This woman has was on the record. Because when she's running, this is a, like a year ago, she's in a closely contested primary with other Democrats. Roe v. Wade is about to fall, has fallen when she's running in her campaign. She comes out and says that she has had an abortion. She got 59% of the vote because the people of District 112 believed that she would represent them. She says that she switched her party because she felt isolated and from people online and people at Target were mean to her. There's no recall in North Carolina. She will serve out her two terms. The people of the District of 112 do not have a state government that represents them. And what are the demographics? of the this district this newly because also you have to think in North Carolina it's hotly contested their their districts it's in the courts and all of that because of gerrymandering and people are trying to swing the districts so that the representation outweighs so that the minority people have the majority votes because you look at this and you look at like issues on abortion look at issues on gun control the majority of the people of this country believe in those things but those aren't the people that get elected because of the district maps. And you can go online and look at the district maps and be like, what the fuck is this kind of map is this? And it's maps so that these people will win. It, it's, look, 
other people have gone into it. That's we know how it is. I just thought that it was very interesting that in this newly appointed district that was heavily Democratic, mm -hmm. she wins. As soon as she wins, she gets in and she's like, oh, I'm a Republican now. The Democrat, mm -hmm. the demographics of this district, 1% Asian, 4% Hispanic, 9% Black, 83% White. This is how caste hurts all of us. Because this woman is, is switching, and the whole reason, why is she switching, and why does she think that she is allowed to switch over to the Republican Party? It's not like the parties are close. It's not like the, the right, I, right. you know? Like, what gives her the cover to think that her constituents aren't going to be at her door? Do you know? Do you know what I would do if I like I don't even know what I would do if <laughs> if I if like I vote my state senator it got overwhelming majority and then like flipped the script and I will say if Marjorie Taylor Greene who somehow got seventy percent of the vote I looked it up on Ballotpedia like that woman say what you will but she was voted in by an overwhelming majority of constituents. I don't know what her math looks like and how fucked up it is, or maybe it's just not, and that's just how it is. But she won 70% of the vote. I would be pissed off if she all of a sudden was like, no, I'm a Democrat now. Because yeah, we don't want her. That's, but also, that's not, that's right. a democracy. It's right. other people, by the people, for the people. Those people voted you in based on that. And then you're just she gonna, was going to uh, do that all along. That was that was a long long term plan. That's and that's the new playbook, and that's that's eroding trust in institutions because now people can just say whatever it is that they right. want to say, and it doesn't yeah. even matter because they're just going to switch. Mm -hmm. So alternative facts. Put like think about this: How many Italians wanted to go fight a war in Ethiopia in 1936? Again, because it was the second time. How many Germans were really down with all this Nazism? Stalin, his great purge, again, wasn't about undies, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't because he was super popular with the people. He was purging all the people who weren't about his right. about it. Exactly. So what makes us so different? What made us so different in 1936, United States government, Hitler, to a black person? What made us so different? Right. We're going to fuck around and find out that we're not. Exactly. And it's all because it's all because of cast. Because everybody's paying attention, and rightfully so, because that's fucked up and that's cast. But honestly, that's America. Nobody's paying attention to the hoodwink that is gone in North Carolina that is pretty much just uh, demolished. Demolished democracy. And mm -hmm. that's just, that's, that's, what, I mean, that, and that's affecting white people. And yeah. I hope that I hope that they get mad and do something about it. But I hope that there's somebody in Charlotte, Mecklenburg County. I hope there's a forensic accountant and an investigative journalist following that money. And if that woman thought that now going to Target, that before Target, I hope that those 80, I mean, 83 percent of the people didn't vote for her. But that sizable turnout that did vote for her, that over 59 percent of the people 
do make her life a living hell. Because I don't want to say that she's, I can't say that she's, that the reason she did it was racist. But I'm just basing it off of those actions. I would be livid. Livid. That's the kind, because, excuse me, when people put on the, the, you know, the army, like, ain't that what we're fighting for? Isn't that what the flag is supposed to be about? Democracy? Yeah. A government of the people, by the people? Because that's what makes us American exceptionalists? I thought that that's what we fight for. So that was my cast. Well done. Very well done. Okay, well, now we are to reheatables. So back to Libel's Lady. Um, a dude just blowing off his wedding right and left, and she's still hanging around? Why is she yeah. still hanging around? Okay. Um, it was just, it's just, this whole movie is tough for women. Just yeah, a bad beat for women in general. The white fur cape with the leg, the <laughs> leg of the animal was still on the fur cape. Because that's how she kept it on her shoulders, was using the leg of the animal. It's a good luck. It's also good luck, isn't it? Remember when that foot. was a thing? The foot? Remember, with like, the head. Well, no, but the lucky rabbit's foot. I remember oh, seeing yeah. those as a kid keychains, mm -hmm. and people would have a and they were it would be dyed, and it's a yeah, it's a foot. Yeah, I had a rabbit's foot. See, I mean, mine was fake, I'm sure, but <laughs> I had a. It wasn't maybe it wasn't a rabbit's foot, but it was a smaller foot, and then it was um, beaded into a person that um, my aunt got me in New Mexico from the um, Native American people who had made it. Oh. I kept that for a long time. So whatever happened to that? That's where my luck went bad. <laughs> How dare you? That means I'm bad luck. Um, throwing trash in the ocean? Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, what? Just rip off the top of your... Cellophane in the ocean? Well, there's a bunch of Dead Sea Turtles. And the electric rollers in 1936. Is that and what those were? Those were electric curlers. I had, I was just like, what is going on? I'm like, this is why she dies. I thought it was the, <laughs> the blonde, like, that was part of her. Because isn't that a theory? Like, there's a theory that oh, yeah. because of what she had to do to achieve that platinum blonde look that like, it was like bleach like just there was a bunch of toxic stuff Ooh. going into her system right there at her brain okay other negatives um well you know me i hated the credits in the beginning they were way too long <laughs> um getting dressed in the wrong order your pants oh. are supposed to go on first yeah like who puts their shirt on first? Yeah, I don't. I I do pants yeah. first. Pants go on first. And even in like when you're laying out stuff in a store. Right. Never mind. Um, <laughs> that doesn't always apply. Calling people on their wedding day, like leave them alone. Yeah. Rubbing a rubbing your head with cologne for insomnia. <laughs> 
That's a terrible idea. That sounds like a headache waiting to happen. Exactly. Because you can't get rid of that. I mean, like, if it's 1936, essential oils existed. (laughs) Maybe that's, I don't know. That sounds like something my dad would do, though. That's just rubs of cologne. Yeah, it does, actually. (laughs) He'll feel better. Those are my negatives. I have the way that Haggerty yells at his employees would totally not fly today. Right. Um, I also have the way that Gladys was treated. It it's okay. He's a newspaper man. If you're okay with that, then that's fine. But you have to know that he's not going to change, and you just have to be okay with what it is. Sometimes you need to come to that realization. But I'm not even sure that he liked like <laughs> that was like extreme newspaper man. Yeah, yeah, really. Although, in his defense, he that man did love his job, and he was in trouble because that was a big lawsuit. Like, yeah, that was I a mean, lot of money. A hundred million, yeah. So I, I think that, because I agree, like, leave people alone on your wedding day, but I, I kind of feel like if you're in that position and there's that big lawsuit, like, you are going to, because, again, money. Like, <laughs> That's a lot of money, and people will be also like, weddings were different then. Yeah, and like the- one, one of my quotables is, um, "It only takes twenty minutes to get married." It was literally about doing it. It wasn't well, not all the time. Like I, there was a moment in time where weddings weren't this big production, like they used right. to be, and then I think they went through like a thing where it's just like we're just getting married, you know. So. Yeah. yeah, I guess maybe when it was a thing where you had to, you know where where it was just expected that you get married, then it wasn't that big of a thing. Because it's yeah. just like, no, this is what we have to do. And also the the years during like the depression and stuff, who has money That's for right. That's right. such yeah. things? Um, let me see. Oh man, when he faked, when Bill Chandler faked punched the reporters and just his <laughs> elbow just, just stayed on the guy. It made me laugh. I was like, yeah. I, and I thought for sure, I was like, oh yeah. Because I laughed and I was like, oh yeah, but he, he this was a ruse, so it was fake. But then the guy was like really holding his jaw afterwards, like he really got hit. Oh, uh, this. And then we I have the the way that women were treated. Also, mm-hmm. because the whole premise of the movie is that she's seen with a married man, so obviously they're having sex, and right. obviously she's the evil one. And in right. order to save ourselves, we're just going to have this, like, oh, they went into this room at after set amount. Like, it's 8 p.m., and they were both alone in this room, so she, she'll have to drop the lawsuit. Just, just like, right. what? And this one may be a bit of uh, controversial. I remember, like, when we watched Grand Hotel, I was like, oh, Gene Harlow. Okay. I get it. But in this, I was like, Gene Harlow. Huh. I don't know. I didn't even recognize her the very first scene when she came in, mm-hmm. just all mad and stuff. I was just like, who's this? I thought it was Myrna Loy. I was like, wait, she doesn't seem like Myrna Loy. I'm, I'm very confused. I don't, I don't know. I was... I was torn because I was kind of like, oh, I didn't, but 
I wasn't blown away. I didn't. It wasn't that. You know, like you hear about these old stars and you see them and you're like, oh, okay. Like right. William Powell. It's like, oh, okay. I get why he was a big star. Like why people liked him. Like Jean Harlow, just her huge name. We hear it rings off today. And I was just like, huh, wasn't that impressed by her. But then I thought about the role of Gladys and I was like, oh man, that is a really tough role. And I guess she did a, I guess maybe that's a testament of Jean Harlow's stardom that she took this really hard role and at least made it somewhat believable of that this woman would still be willing to do this. And right. Yeah. I did. I did read that. Um, she wanted the, uh, role of Connie. She wanted to be the Myrna Loy role. And, um, after the film was done, she said, yeah, I was more the Gladys than the Connie. Yeah. But it wasn't a bombshell role. I mean, she wasn't, supposed to be a va 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 boom Jean Harlow was the first person to sign on to it and she wanted to be the Myrna Loy character because in real life she and William Powell were really seeing each other were boyfriend Uh and girlfriend Uh but the studio Louis B. Mayer was like excuse me (laughs) no I got Powell and Loy. They're the my golden yeah. goose. Right. Like that's the who people want to see. So, okay, Gene Harlow, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to. You're just gonna have to take this L. Do what best you can in the role. And that's why she was Gladys. And that's why she got. She was still top billing. So, when you when you see that, then it's like, okay, she was doing the best she could. But also, when I saw her, and maybe this is because I know how the story ends. And even like oh, during okay. this, like she, Jean Harlow was sick a lot. Like um, as a as a kid, she got one of those bad fevers, I don't know, scarlet fever, something like that. And then as she got older, she also drank a lot. She also had all of that hair bleaching going on, so she wasn't living a healthy lifestyle. And then she got influenza at one point, and so she was she was kind of always sick and at one point she got sepsis and bounced back from that, which I didn't know that was something to bounce back from, especially in 1936. I don't know. I thought she didn't look healthy in this film, but maybe that's because I know within like that her kidneys obviously had to be failing by this point. Cause that's what ended up fine. Taking her off the game. I don't know. I just thought her eyes looked a little. But the, but then that could be me just projecting like. Yeah. I know how you go out this game. So those were my negative reheatables. So now we're to positive ones. I love. Oh, there's so much smoking. And when William Powell is in the. Great positive reheatable. Well, no. <laughs> but when he's in the hotel lobby and there's a lighter on, with a chain attached to it you know like mm-hmm. we have oh yeah that's attached nice. to chains now I, I like that i like the fishing scene the uh physical comedy in the oh yeah, oh, yeah. That was funny. yeah and then when uh myrna loy is having dinner with william powell and her dad she's at the head of the table not oh mm-hmm. reminding me of our household <laughs> 
Aaron was always at the head of our table. <laughs> I didn't put myself there. It's true. <laughs> what was wrong with me? I don't know. Because you needed to be same, but you're here. You wanted to have that seat because you to you always took the seat closest to the kitchen. Right, right. And I wanted you next to me so I could help you. Um, okay. And so those are my positives. Mine were news going viral. Mm-hmm. Like this was like the first news, like vi- the news is going viral and you, I mean, now there's nearly no way to stop it, but um, what's the name of the, this just came into my head. Angela Bassett did the thing. Did you guys oh, see that? The Adriana, the, 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 what's her name? The boy? Yeah. Uh, that yeah, was at the Ari- back. Ariana DeBose. DeBose? Yeah. Yeah. She had to delete her Twitter. They ha- they were like trying every which way to get her get everything scraped. Like you couldn't find that video. You couldn't find the full length video anywhere. Why? Because it was so embarrassing. For her? I don't know. Yeah. It was oh. the most embarrassing thing. Everyone was like, what are you doing? Did like, you watch it? I did. It just seemed like theater kid. Yeah, I don't know. The internet had a time with it, and she had to try to scrub it. But it reminded me of, like, the modern day of this. Right, right. Well, well, I mean, the modern day of this is, is kind of why my man's is uh, indicted right now. <laughs> that oh, yeah. whole thing is about catching kill. Oh, yeah. Which is, wh- which is like, what this is. That, that was one of my yep. positive reheatables about this, because they... In the movie, they're running the story, and then it turns out, like, no, we have to kill it. We have to kill it. And the reason they have to kill yep. it is because they have integrity, and they find out that the story's not real. Oh, but yeah. the reason that they, uh, in real life, killed it is because they're, he's friends with the people, and they're, you know, then, the, then it goes into the whole follow the money kind of thing. But that, yeah, that the catch and kill, because with the Inquirer, any bad story that came out about him, they would, they would pay the people uh-huh. the exclusive, and then they can't sell it to anybody, and then they kill the story so it doesn't get out anywhere. Um, I also have Gladys as a name, which I never thought that before, but the nickname Gladdy I liked. I like the Gladdy. I don't like Gladys, Glad. probably because of Gladys. From Bewitched. Oh, I was about oh, yeah. to say. I like the name Gladys because of the queen, Gladys Knight. Well, there is Gladys Knight. Yeah. And I have a totally different feeling about that. Okay. Probably because of cast. Because black Gladys is cool. <laughs> White Gladys is... Yeah. Your name Gladys? Gladys Kravitz. Gladys Kravitz. Was that the, the uh, nosy neighbor? The nosy neighbor. Mrs. Kravitz. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. That's right. That wedding dress, mm-hmm. which apparently they tried to bury her in. That's they, is that true? Is yes. that the gown she is? That's a tasty titty I had. They she tried, was... but then she had edema, which I don't know what that is. Well, her it, her whole thing was like her kidneys gave out, so she was swelling. So edema, I think, is, yeah, is so she couldn't water. In, yeah, so she couldn't fit into it. Oh, so they had to bury it or something else, yeah. Because... In Wikipedia, it says that she was buried she was in the buried gown. buried in it. Right. Yeah. That, I, have I read that she 
was wanted to be buried in that, but they couldn't because of that. So they had to bury her in something pink. Oh, um, I believe yours. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm not a reliable source. And um, I liked wherever she was hang. They were hanging out at the lake house. Yeah, that lake house was nice. I love the like the. Are we talking about the house that's literally on the lake in the middle of the lake? When they swim guess, out like there, at night, and at night when they were like all those pillows there and everything. Yeah, yeah. they like they swam to it. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I had that as my one of my favorite things because they swim out to it, and then do you see the robes that they put on? The yes. robes looked like um, uh, trench coats, but they were made out. They had a trench coat cut, but they were made out of robe, uh, robe, robe cloth, which right. I thought was so cool. I was like, I. I don't. I'm not a robe person, but if I was, I would want a a trench coat style robe. Of course you would. Those are my positives. Yes. I I the thing about the opening credits that I like is how they were doing the Wizard of Oz walk before the Wizard of Oz movie came out. I was just the four of them, and they were walking. Yeah. And then (laughs) William Holden was so happy it. William Powell. Oh, yeah, William Powell. I don't know. He just reminded me of Chandler. Like, because he was just so happy. He was just like... (laughs) And I was was like, oh, his name's Bill Chandler. Look at him, just so happy walking. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Oh, we already did it. How the whole plot is so topical about catch and kill. When he says that they need to... They're like, okay, we need to replace the story. And they're like, what are we going to replace the story with? And they say, war threatens Europe. And he's like, which country? He's like, flip a nickel. See, nerd alerts. Literally, that was true. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have that quote. Country. Um, when Connie is on the deck and she's all bundled up, that's me at the, when I'm at the beach and the... <laughs> I put the non-summer months, but sometimes it just is the summer months. Just and it's windy. And I was just all bundled up. I even put the 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 mask on because sometimes like the sand is just barraging. That's true. And her sunglasses were cool. Did you see them? Like they were white and they were round, but they had a little. They had like she um things that came out. Like, oh, like, like little visors over the yeah, lenses. Little visors on each on each lens. That's a good idea. Um, the the paper boy. I was like, oh man, look at Benjamin Button at the newspaper. <laughs> I was, thought, wow, that's a bad wig. <laughs> I thought that he was the oldest young person I've seen in a while. He could be. You could tell me that that boy was sixteen, and you could tell me he was a sixty-year-old man, and yeah. I still believe it. <laughs> Yeah, he was good. And my final positive reheatable would be journalism being held accountable for when they get a story wrong. Yeah. I mean, how can we have a democracy when we don't have accurate information given to us anymore? And I would say we don't. Exactly. Okay. So we're to quotables. And my first one was the one you just said, flip a nickel. Um, Babs, she's one in a million. Yep. <laughs> and a lot of them were, um, two people quotes. So, uh, want me to kill myself? Did you change your insurance? Oh, I missed that. Yeah. yeah. 
um, she may be my wife. She may be his wife, but she's engaged to me. <laughs> That's the whole. Oh, screwball comedy. Ah, waka waka. And this was Myrna Loy when uh, he said something that was a duh. She goes, congratulations. When did you come out of the ether? <laughs> I, like I have that. to say, I, Myrna Loy, like for a black and white film, Myrna Loy's eyes really pop. Yeah, they did. It was almost I, like you could see him. Yeah, I was just like, oh, wow. That, I think that's why you're Myrna Loy. Like, I get, like, like I get why Myrna Loy was a was Myrna Loy, you know? Oh, yeah. And those two playing off each other. And, and William Holt, because he's not, like, How I mean, old? he. Oh, hey, no. Why do I keep saying William Holden? I don't know. William Powell, he's, like, I, he's an attractive man, but he's not. What no, I was not think. gorgeous at all, Mm-mm. but so much personality, so mm-hmm. much charisma. He's got a lot of the great, uh, um, not like just moves. He's a great mm-hmm. move guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, those. Um, I had don't apologize for suspecting people you meet. Ring every coin and. Ring every coin you meet. There are lots of wooden nickels in circulation. Yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a murderino. Yeah. I already said it only takes 20 minutes to get married. <laughs> um, I thought this was very risque for 1936 when, what's her, I don't remember which one said, I'm dying to feel a stick in my hands again. One of the women said that. Yeah. Myrna yeah. Loy said that Ooh. about being a pilot. I know. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The original. I'm staying in for the rest of the trip with a dozen good books. <laughs> it does sound like our teeny. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be wait, a day for you, teeny? Yeah, one day. Oh, come on. <laughs> and then women can't fool women about men. Mm. When she was like, you don't really, Myrna Loy was talking to What's-Her-Face, and she was like, you don't really like him, do you? Like, Oh, because yeah, because she was bitching about. She was like, "I'm married to him," and then she was like, "You don't really like him, right?" Yeah, can we? Can we talk about the end of the movie? So the the end of the movie. So it was a charade of a marriage between uh, Powell and Gene Harlow, and then he really does Mm -hmm. fall for Myrna Loy's character, and so the whole thing is like, oh. And then the reason that he's not a bigamist because he marries the Myrna Loy character is because what Gene Harlow's character, it turns out, had previously been married and had gotten a divorce in Mexico. But something happened with when the Mexican divorces were all thrown out as being non-legal. So then technically she was still married to her first husband. So then... William Powell's character that his marriage to Myrna Loy's character was real except Gladys liked how she felt appreciated mm-hmm. by the William Powell's character Bill Chandler he was he was nice he listened to her and he was like oh this is what i need this is so much better than that you know newspaper man who doesn't like like why is he even with me and so she was like no i'm going to be married to him i'm married to him 
And he's like, no, you're you're really we're really not because our marriage wasn't legal. And then she was like, oh, contraire. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I went and got a second divorce in Reno. So I really was divorced. So we really are married. So then Myrna Loy has to go and convince Gladys to take back the shitty newspaper man, Spencer Tracy, so that she and William Powell can be together. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she does get And she fell for it. it. I was, don't. I thought it was more women supporting women. And she was I like. I did too. Thank you, Teeny, because I'm going, did I? I still think she really likes the newspaper man. I think that she, you know, she really likes him. And I think she wouldn't have been actually happy with. Chandler in the end. I think he was too nice for her, and that's not what she actually likes. Okay. I had a different view. I did too. Because I even had uh Connie as my MVP because Me of, too. <laughs> because of her going into Me too. her and, and you know, like two females supporting this is yeah. rough right now. Let's talk it through. Let's I wow. wrote, yeah. I mean, it was but all I in Connie's best interest. It was, yeah, see, yeah, but I Connie didn't been see fucked that. around the whole time. She was so nice. I liked it. Okay, I'll stay with her MVP. But now that y'all know, <laughs> those are uh, my quotables. Okay, so my LVP. I, wait, I have wait, I have my quotables. I don't know. I didn't have the uh, closed caption on this, but I'm pretty sure that when. Spencer Tracy's character is berating the editor guy because apparently like, the guy was, uh, he's like, you didn't smell, he smelled of booze. And I was like, they all smelled of booze. But he's, I believe he called it pulling a boner. Oh. I thought that's what I heard. Oh, you're pulling a boner. And I was like, well, excuse me? Oh. But maybe that was just Friday night, Friday night, Aaron. So who knows? Um, when he's like, $5 million? There ain't that much money. Like in 1936, five million dollars. Jeez. And I think Gene Harlow's character was the one that said, "I resent the understatement." There were a lot of good lines. They just they, they were really fast. It was a fast talking movie. It was boom, 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 ba, bada bing, bada boom. Okay, so my LVP is Warren. Warren Haggerty. Yeah. Because he, I mean, he, well, just for, uh, I guess for, if you were looking at it just from a newspaper perspective, he'd be an MVP because he'd do anything to save the paper. But several times he has bailed on this marriage to her. And it took until William Powell's interest in her for him to get jealous and go, you know what, I, I do want to marry her. Yeah, I had him as honorable mention because it should be him, but he's a man and he likes his job. So how can you say, especially he's a white man in 1936 who likes his job. Uh, I kind of feel like everything's turning up Haggerty for this man in 1936. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the, the woman who is like throwing himself herself at you is Jean Harlow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I hate the game. I'm not going to hate the player in this sense. Oh, okay. 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 I had 
blaming all this on the women like a husband stealer like like yeah. she was the only one involved yeah she, i mean what she wasn't man? she yeah. wasn't attached it's not like she was cheating on somebody yeah. and how do you even know i can very mike pence vibes of i can't be with another woman mm -hmm. oh. well oh mother where's mm. mother mother has to be in the room i had kind of in going with that my lvp was gladys because yeah she kept taking him back yeah and and she kept and then i was like wait so you've been divorced before like this isn't a thing yeah. where you have like i thought it was a thing where she has to to be married because then she'll be looked down upon but i don't know was it would it have been a thing where she was a divorced woman so her prospects were slim no i think she just wanted to be wanted to be with someone she and wanted she... to be married i mean didn't every woman want to be married that's that, that was the mentality back then if you weren't married you were an old maid and because you didn't have any prospects because there's something wrong with you but then this movie doesn't it's just joke after joke about how horrible marriage is yeah that's true so but you gotta do it it's just kind of funny so okay Aaron, your um lvp is did you tell i me? said it was gladys just Glad you it just feels it. like right. he's just that's not right. that into you. Like, just move on. That's like, how I was. Know your self worth, girl. Like, yeah. Find somebody. Because he's not going to yeah. change. Okay. Unless it, unless she's the kind where she likes to put on this whole thing, but then secretly she just likes how yeah. it is, and that we all know couples who are like that. That's just their dynamic, and you're like, that seems exhausting to me. But that's what they do, and so be it. Mm -hmm. Okay, my MVP is Connie because of the girl thing. And then I had something else that I was talking Oh, because she she was always reading the room because she thought that anybody interested in her was interested in her for her money. Mm -hmm. And so um, she was looking out for herself. She could pilot a plane. She could, she sat at the head of the table of this ultra rich dude. I liked her self-confidence and her self-worth. Also, like, I would give honorable mention to her dad for, uh, for fostering that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I said Connie, first of all, I chose Connie at first when she proposed because in 1936, a woman proposing to a man. Right. Mm. That's true. And I put the women supporting women. I thought that Connie was very girl power. I thought so too. Might have to check that scene out again. Hey, I don't know. I could have been sleepy. Because that, that does make sense. And I do really like Connie. I just don't <laughs> I just think at the end it's just... well that would be perfect Connie though yeah always looking out for herself making sure yeah wait my MVP is Bill Chandler the man got paid to fall in love with an heiress <laughs> I mean he got paid to get paid <laughs> yeah um... and and also just like it reminded me of that. Who, who was it that um, she was in the news recently? Who was that? That Anna 
Delvey character oh, or whatever. Yeah. Like, because yeah. he's at the the hotel and they just sent him a, oh, we hate to inconvenience you, sir, but you owe us seven hundred dollars. Like, it's just so polite how just polite they are to him. Oh, you like, please, instead of just being like, hey. Get the fuck out of here, buddy. Like, they're just so polite. Oh, if, if you can, if you can please pay us back, we know, like, ha, that's just, oh, look at that. Just cast, 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 cast. Because cast. today that's $700, and it was more than $700, would be $15,150,000 today. Can you imagine if the courtyard Marriott, like you yeah, owe fifteen thousand exactly. dollars? Like, exactly. they, would they be like all nice to you about it? No, like, no, not Here's just him. <laughs> Burbank's finest to escort you to your new bed. Take you right to the encampment. Okay, so now we are to Tasties. This was wait. The f- what about the recasting? Oh, I didn't do one. I did a recast, but I cheated. So oh, okay. For Connie, I have Esther Williams. For Bill, I have Van Johnson. And for Gladys, I have Lucille Ball. Because oh, that is I the know cast why. It, they, yes, it of the 1946 done. musical comedy remake of this film called Easy to Wed. Oh. Yeah, yeah Lucille Ball, teeny. Huh. It didn't do that well, did it? I, don't, I mean, 19, 1946 uh, America is very different from 1936 America. In some ways. In some ways, not. <laughs> I kept waiting for it to switch. Like, for William Powell to end up with Gladys and for Spencer Tracy to end up with Connie. Because that was in real life. It was speculated. I mean, it was a fact that Powell and Harlow were together, but they also said that Tracy and Loy had a bit of a thing. They had had a supposed affair before this movie, and then she was married to somebody. Or was engaged to somebody. Like a hornblow gentleman. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this was the fifth of 14 William Powell Myrna Hoy movies. Did you already tell yeah. us that, Anne? Um, that they, the the four of them ha- and the director had a blast. They uh, evidently William Powell usually spent his off time in his dressing room alone. He was all they were always out having fun, laughing. Um, this was when. Jean Harlow officially changed her name from Harlan Carpenter Wait, to does Jean that, Harlow. Her legal name was Harlene Carpenter McGrew Byrne Rosin. Jesus. Wow. Because, like, remember she died when she was 26, but that woman had already had three marriages under her belt. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And her second husband died of suicide (laughs) oh Oh, she was 26 she was 26 three husbands yeah oh wow 
I think her first marriage, if I did the math right, she was about 16. Oh, no. Oh. Okay. Other tasties? I think I said all mine already. Um, I have, so it's kind of interesting. Um, well, I'll go to this one first. Lionel Barrymore was originally cast to play Mr. Alan Barry, mm-hmm. and Rosalind Russell was considered for the role of Connie. Um, and we have that. So I guess that my final one would just, we've been through all of them. So it wasn't long after this film. I think this was her second to last film. Um, Jean Harlow passed away and her death was really hard on William Powell. And that's one of the reasons why William Powell isn't considered, I think of among like popular, like the mainstream people know, like, Oh, Clark Gable, Cary Grant, but he was a huge star. And I don't really think that he's remembered with the Clark Gables and the, mm-hmm. I no. think you, kind of, you have to kind of be more of a into film to know William Powell. And he was just on a run of films, just, you know, left and right. I mean, he was in, what, three of the top ten grossing films, maybe even more of this year. So he's a huge star. But after Gene Harlow's death, he really, it really took a toll on him. And an interesting thing about him is, previous to this, he was married to Carol Lombard and they divorced, but they always stayed friendly. And Carol Lombard went on to be with Clark Gable and Clark Gable was in, I, and he was friends, pretty good friends with Jean Harlow. And so they mm. were kind of all friends together and stuff. And a few years later, Carol Lombard would tragically die in a plane accident. Mm-hmm. So mm. that's Jean Harlow and Carol Lombard that, William Powell, um, you know, two two women that he really cared for that that lost their lives very young, and so that he just took on fewer roles. And then he was diagnosed with um, rectal cancer Ugh. in the thirties and Ugh. went through experimental treatment, and oh, like yeah. he lived. I mean, he wow. William Powell lived to be pretty. Old. I think he lived to be in his nineties or something. So. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of wild of like, wait, did you really? It made me think like, did you really even have it? Or what I know, <laughs> just because I was like, oh man. I mean, that's... I guess it's never a hundred percent death rate. Yeah, and who knows? Like luck involved in it, and who knows? So I just thought it was interesting because then when he did that, because he had seen Gene Harlow, like he took when he got diagnosed, he took that seriously and was just mm-hmm. like, yo, I'm off the grid. I am taking care of my health. I'm going to to do this. And he had probably made enough money where he was just like, for what and for who, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Hollywood moves on fast, so there's more and more leading men. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I I've I'm I'm good. We had a good run. So that's that's that. Mm. Very interesting. Well, this was the libeled lady. I lo- I just thought we needed. Well, I actually Googled, um, Carrie Cary Grant type movies because you know we love him, and just you know. And he's known for a screwball comedy, and this is considered a screwball comedy exactly. where just the the whole plot of it is ridiculous. But you right. have to think of again, like when people are watching this in 1936, what do they want? 
They just want to escape. Escapism. They just want to escape. It doesn't have to make sense. Because they're not living that life anyway. They're not walking around with white capes with the animal's legs on them. I think, like, that's, to me, I do have a problem with this, but it kind of makes sense to me of the popularity of the Real Housewives. Is that they're screwball comedy. Yeah. I don't like the way that it makes people... I think in 1936, people watched that and they're like, oh, this is the movies. And they didn't think that they needed to replicate that kind of behavior. But right, now right. people think that they need to replicate that That's kind true. of behavior. And I, I don't like that. That's true. Okay, so um, next week? Next week, we are going to 1972. <gasps> Um, Ma, was this the year you graduated high school? Oh, thank you. You give me two years. I graduated high school in 1970. 72. Um, Did you meet my dad? No, not till 70. I met Poppy in 74. Late 73, 74. Wow, and then you got married in 75. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whirlwind. <laughs> okay. Teeny no, um, 73. I met him in 73. I'm sorry. Okay. 72. Okay. Uh, some things about... It says that this movie is extravagant, stylish, and suspenseful. Oh, I like all of those. Somebody said... A great story that at some time needs to be filmed again. Needs to be filmed again. Alec McCohen's performance makes it highly watchable. Alec McCohen? Who ever heard? It is what critics call swoony. As romantic, go on an adventure, you bloody square. Music is, it is emotive and full. So it's a musical? No, I don't think it's a, it's not a musical. Oh. 72. Um, <laughs> Dr. Shivago. <laughs> so the reason I picked this movie is because I randomly a TikTok. I saw TikTok. TikTok corner is here. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know Maggie Smith is eighty eight years old. Mm-hmm. And it was like Maggie Smith is eighty eight, but she was also. Wait, and it's like this music. Gene Brody. Uh, uh, I don't know. Gene Brody? Is it Gene Brody in there? No, Gene Brody. No. It's not that. That's not. No, the it's not. That's not the movie. No, I almost picked that one, but it's not that. Um, she was like Matt, and then it was like, but she was also seventy-eight and sixty-five, and it, and it was just showing pictures of her getting younger and younger. And uh-huh. at first, I was like, oh, I've never seen her as younger, but then she was in Murder by Death. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Okay. Forgot about that. Not good with my actresses. Uh, <laughs> so it's based on a nineteen sixty-nine novel. Uh, starring Maggie Smith, Alex McCohen, Louis Gossett Jr. <gasps> yes. Louis Gossett Jr. Robert Stevens, Cindy Williams, Robert Cindy Williams Fleming. That's from Laverne and Shirley. That's yeah. Shirley, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Laverne yeah. Shirley. Yeah. Directed by George Cooker. George Cooker. Yeah, he did. He, he was big time. Produced by James Cresson and Robert Fryer. 
this has to be one of George Cougar's last films. Because he kind of um, worked on Gone with the Wind and stuff. And... Oh. Let's see. Would you like to hear the synopsis? Or do you want me to just tell you? The synopsis. Well, the film is I'm loosely so... based on a 1969 novel of the same name by Graham Greene. Wait. Okay. Graham Greene. We referenced, I think about the quote, Babs is one girl in a million. Girl in a million. In relation to you, Aaron. Relation to me. Aunt. Aunt. Auntie. Aunt. If, you don't, if you're not going to guess it from that, you're not going to guess it. Auntie Mame. <laughs> um, the plots, the film's plot retains the book's central theme of the adventurous a moral, amoral aunt and her respectable middle-class nephew drawn in to share her life and also features her various past and present lovers. It's... This sounds fascinating. I know. What is it? I give travel, up. Travels with my aunt. Oh, I've never, never heard, heard of this. It. Here's the plot. Are, while are we able to watch this? <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> while it's, can't listen to this plot. This is what got me. While attending the cremation of his mother's remains, London bank manager Henry Pulling meets eccentric Augustic Bertram, a woman who claims to be his aunt, and announces the woman who raised him was not his biological mother. She invites him back to her apartment where her lover, an African fortune teller named Zachary Wordsworth, is waiting for her. Shortly, <laughs> shortly after, she receives a package allegedly containing the severed finger of her true love with oh, a note shit. promising that she will be reunited upon payment of $100,000. Oh, okay. This is a must. I mean, okay. who knows if we can watch it? I didn't look that up. <laughs> it says we can watch it. It's on Apple, Apple TV, Amazon yep. Prime. Yep, we can watch it. Outstanding. This sounds, yeah. sounds amazing because I mean, TV Maggie picks Smith. bangers. Yeah. Well, and then on a list, Maggie Smith has been in a ton of things, and on a list of her top twelve movies, this was ranked number four. Oh, wow. I'm excited. How long is it? I know you looked at that. Hour 47 minutes. Hmm. Oh, well, this, that's fascinating. Okay. Well, next week, and it should be next week. I, I don't think we so. have any um, travels going on. We will be travels with my aunt. And this has been the libeled lady. And we have gone into a, a lot of cast as well and why america isn't democratic anymore oh well was it ever <laughs> truly I, I guess there was oh no not for you you didn't and that wasn't until like the the uh, 19 you know well, 1900s that's that you had that so hmm Okay, well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will be back next week for Travels with My Aunt. That has to be, I mean, so much going on. Seven fingers. Blow. Blow.